0: Hey, this is Jay from Gizmachi, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Fuck yeah!
1: So thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, for those not familiar... Well, thanks and for Rita's the invite. I ask, appreciate I, have, I have a habit of butchering names. For those not familiar with... Gizmachi? Did I say it right?
0: Yeah, but I, I bet you won't get the name of the album
1: right. Nobody has yet.
2: Oh my god, oh my god, challenge. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try
1: it. Oh, Rena. Oh, okay. She makes fun I mean, of me because in the I past I have this it. weird habit of butchering band names. I know what they are, but it doesn't come across <laughs> that way sometimes.
2: Yeah, no, it does not come across like that. Not at all. Gizmachi.
1: Oh, Thank Thanks for having me. Omega time. Kali. Eat. Nope
2: It's not Omega Khalid
1: Nope
2: It's not, oh my god I've been put in my place, tell me what it is
0: It's the first half of the word Kaleidoscope, so it's Omega Collide
2: Kali- Now
0: isn't isn't it so much fucking cooler now Isn't the album title like Oh yeah, that's pretty cool now
2: <laughs> Yeah, but how are people Gonna know <laughs> like,
0: Nobody has yet
2: sound- Huh? Nobody no one has, has it yet, so it is awesome. But isn't it a lovely icebreaker? Yes,
1: it always is. Right? It is. So for yeah. those okay. not familiar yeah. with Gizmachi, see I can say it again. Um, can you give us the two sentence boardroom pitch? Oh
0: my god, I'm, I'm the worst salesman. I don't know why they have me do these interviews, but uh <laughs> um I would just say that um, for fans of Super heavy, groovy, melodic, with some polyrhythm stuff. I mean, it's it kind of covers all bases. In my opinion, if you're a a heavy metal fan, um, it kind of covers a lot of stuff that I mean that's not two sentences, is it? That's not a boardroom pitch. Now I'm getting into uh my my uh you
2: know No one ever gets it in two sentences. No, it's it's
0: hard. It's it's hard. If I was uh on the other side of the music industry, maybe I'd be able to do it, but if you're a fan of heavy, heavy metal music, I think there's something in it for you, you know? Okay. We cover a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff.
1: So I do have a question for you and I found it really interesting. I've done a lot of stuff with Bjorn from my cooking show to drinking. Wow. A lot with him on the 70,000 tons of metal and doing a bunch of things with him. How did you uh, get him to contribute to your record when you're all the way over here in South Carolina? Well,
0: we did Ozfest in two thousand five. Soil Work was on there as well, mm-hmm. and everybody in the in the band was already a huge fan of Soil Work. Like that's one of the bands that when we got the Ozfest gig, we're all like, "Can I swear?"
2: "Oh yeah, yes." Okay. <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> we're all
0: like, "Fuck yeah, Soil Works on this man. This is gonna be awesome, right?" So we kind of became friendly with those guys, um, you know. And throughout the years, like we'd go see, if they ever came to New York, we'd go see Soil Work at like right. the Chance of Poughkeepsie instead of New York City and stuff like that. Um, so when the time came to really finish doing this album, uh, I don't want to say anything the wrong way here, but the vocals were pretty much the thing holding up the album getting finished. So we came to the point of like, Hey, we got to, we got to get these vocals finished. And, uh, next thing, you know, somebody else, well, who we get, who's going to do it. And I figure who was in the band was like, what about Bjorn? You know, let's, let's see if he'd be interested. So we I emailed him. He responded with, send me a few tracks, I'll check them out. And literally, what felt within minutes, uh, we got an email back saying, I'm into it, let's do it. And then, obviously, here we are. <laughs> that's great. So it, w- it wasn't very difficult to get him involved. As soon as he heard the new material, he was, he was like super gung-ho about it.
1: That's cool. He's, he's, that's one of my favorite bands as well. And I know he does that other, like that 70s sort of.
0: The Night Flight Orchestra,
1: yeah. Night yeah. Flight Orchestra. That's it. I couldn't think of a name. Love that. Love Very interesting. He's no, like, it's so good. The new
2: album is freaking amazing. Thank you. Um, so
1: yeah, you- but yeah,
2: but also like your stuff is really. Good. I I especially enjoyed the song "Broken Ends," mm-hmm. which was you know like not a lot of steps away from solo Work in a way. Yeah,
0: it's it? it's kind of I'd say the meat and potatoes of the song is pretty straightforward. Um, a lot of four, four going on, you know, the just driving riffs. But then we kind of get into our comfort zone in the middle of the middle of the song with the bridge bending stuff and, and you know, that kind of thing. But that was I think, I think that's pretty much why that song was the first single we released is because it was a little, little more straightforward. And I know some people were like, wait a minute, this isn't the Gizmachi we remember. Like, so maybe it was the wrong single to release first. I don't know. But I like the song. I think it's it's pretty cool. And obviously you like it. So, hey, yeah, you know.
2: I, I don't think it's the wrong single to release first. I think it's, you know, it's catchy. So right. it's it's like easy to get into the band through it, you know, right. and it's not like their stuff is so far away from it that you'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, it's a scam. But, yeah, and, you know, it, it, it. And the fact that it's been like 16
0: years since that first album came out, I mean, a lot of people either a never heard of us or B forgot we were even you know, doing anything anymore. So I think I thought it was the right song to kind of come out as the first single to kind of get everybody's, uh, you know, lips wet (laughs) for lack of a better term.
2: (laughs) I love
1: that. (laughs) So looking at your bio, I didn't realize you guys were, how did you gain the attention of Sean Crahan as well? Is that all through OzFest?
0: No, this was, um, I'd say as far back as maybe 2003, our old singer Sean, um he he like we'd record demos and stuff like that at local studios and and uh and he would literally like we you know we're from the days of printing printing our own CDs, you know, on our home right. computers and stuff and putting labels on them and our old like IU IUMA, remember that website? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the IUMA stuff or whatever. Yep. So we'd you know, print CDs, go to shows, hand them out. So Slipknot would, you know, obviously they were heavily touring at the time, and Sean, our old singer, would he would literally follow clown around, sneak his way backstage and basically tell him you're going to listen to my band. You're I'm not going anywhere until you listen to this. And we had like a kind of like a, a, you know, relationship with him a little bit back and forth through email. Like we'd send him songs. He'd kind of critique a little bit. Um, And then the cool story, I think in right like a week or two before Easter in 2004 um we got a phone call from clown and he's like i'm gonna be in new york city on easter sunday you're gonna rent sir studio studios and i'm gonna bring some guys from the label down from sanctuary records and you're gonna do a showcase for us if you guys start playing if i don't like it i'm just gonna walk out not even gonna bother and i was like i'm on the phone i'm like Oh my God, like talk I mean, there's not enough pressure already that you're gonna right. come see a us like, bit of play on a stage. Nobody yeah, nobody there except for you guys, you know. It was it was pretty nerve wracking to say the least. And then obviously Easter Sunday, the studio is not open, so we had to like pay super extra to have it open right. and then pay another super extra charge to have an engineer there to like you know to mic everything and, and do the do the sound. But um, you know, it was very nerve wracking. At first but then getting to know him um after that and even that day like it was just i think he was kind of like you know letting us know like this is serious stuff and once we got to know him everything was cool we were actually close you know pretty close for a while there as well but um it was it was just a cool experience you know like i like telling that story a lot but it was it was very uh you know nerve-wracking to say the least
2: yeah I, i can only imagine that's like, I don't know whether that was just to get you guys to take it seriously. Maybe he had like these terrible experiences where, where a showcase was interpreted as, please show up as drunk as possible and make asses of yourself while I bring all these important people from two states over or
0: something. You know? oh, you're, you're, you're right, because, I mean, not that we wouldn't take it seriously, but I think he was kind of letting us know that nothing is going to be given to you you know, you're going to have yeah. to show up with your A game. And it was, it was early in the afternoon as well. And, you know, obviously bands aren't used to playing early. It's, you know, especially like, you know, we have Mike in the band who sings the, the clean vocal stuff, you know, so it's, it's a lot of warming up you have to do and all that stuff. And we were kind of like, man, you know, I, I'm trying to think what time we played it. I think it was like 12 or 1230 in the afternoon. It was like, what the hell, but Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not that I'm complaining about it, but, you know, it's a different mindset, you know, and everything's like, kind of feels like you're rushing, you know, and it's like, oh my God, this is this could be the biggest day in our careers. You know, if we botch this, then what? You know, so a lot of that goes into it, but we obviously, I don't wanna say obviously, but I think we nailed it that day because, you know, what happened after that.
1: Hey, what's up my friends, Bruce Moore here. If you're searching for a podcast about crime relating to actual life events of military personnel, veterans, family members, and those associated with the military in any way, then have I got a show for you. I want to introduce you to the Military True Crime Addict, where they explore a plethora of actual true crime stories that have not been reported on by news outlets or news media. Stories that upon hearing, you'll be astounded by. Such history should have been told and reported on a long time ago. Here, they provide voice to the victims so you can hear their side of the story and raise awareness of these heinous crimes and fight for those most impacted. Best of all... You don't need to know anything about military to enjoy this podcast. Listeners can hear true crime stories with precise dates and the specifics of what occurred. I urge you to click that link in the bottom and go check out Military True Crime Addict. You won't regret it. It's got to be an interesting dynamic playing to five people in the industry as opposed to playing three people in the industry there was three yeah three people that day was i mean the people. dynamic has got to be so different because you don't have that energy and that whole thing to feed off of right so that adds to it
0: yeah because some people think that the more people you play in front of the harder it is and it's the exact opposite i mean you know we remember playing gigs at cbgb's in new york city on like a wednesday night at 11 p.m in front of the bartender and like the other band or two that was playing the same night is that, that stuff not fun yeah it's very difficult because, like you said, you feed off the energy of the people and then you give it back and it's like a back and forth thing. And, you know, the OzFest shows and we're playing in front of a few thousand every day. I mean, that's, you know, even though, you know, a lot of those people aren't there specifically for you, but it's a different thing. When you when you see everybody out there going crazy and, you know, a couple of people singing along with there's no better feeling. There really isn't. And it's, uh, you know, but playing in front of a lot of people is definitely playing in, better than playing in front of you know, a couple, right. You know, when well, you, you feel more I'm gonna, I'm under gonna the microscope. A a Can
2: you
1: speak to speak
0: speak
2: that, Rena? A little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, cause I, I played my best gigs to a handful of people. Like, you know, we I, I have a band and like back in the day, I remember we traveled to this festival in Germany and the entire festival flopped. There were like big names like Therapy and Demi Borgir and blah blah blah, and there were maybe like a hundred people at that festival all together. So when we were playing, there was I don't know twenty <laughs> or something yeah, there in the audience. But then again, like they were definitely there for us, and I I bet there were people at the BGs specifically for you guys, like you know your most hardcore fans, and sometimes like just playing one person, like, you know, focusing on that one person, like, I don't care if there's two of you, then I'm going to give my all to two of you, like, it doesn't matter.
0: Well, You, you are right in that sense, because you got to think of like, okay, even if one, like you said, if one person is there for you, it could be your biggest fan, you want to make the show special for them, you know, you don't want to <laughs> like, oh, nobody, you know, there's nobody here, we're just, you don't want to do that, because, and, and the same thing, like, if if people aren't a fan of your band or don't know about you, that you want to nail it. So they're like, holy crap, these guys, were, there wasn't anybody here. And these guys were playing like they're playing in front of 50,000 people. It was cool. So, yeah, there's it's sometimes it is hard to get into it. But you have to remember, like, this could be your only chance to like, you know, the first impression thing with people that have never seen you. Or if somebody is there that's really a fan of yours, you don't want to mail it in that day.
1: And at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. And of money, course, that's.
2: Really-
0: right? Yeah. Right? They yeah.
2: Yeah. And not just that but they are sacrificing their time which is the most valuable commodity any of us have yep. is like they come there like it's gonna be two hours, an hour that we play an hour and a half and then they've commuted and blah 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 you know they've sacrificed at least a half a day of their life and that's worth more than the 10 euro ticket or whatever yeah you know and that's what you need to respect is the time yeah. and when you
0: are playing live music when you're when you're a touring band, like that, however long you have on stage, whether it was, you know, 15 or 20 minutes on OzFest, you know, 45 minutes if you're direct support or whatever it is, that is the, that's the most important thing of that day is that however many minutes on stage you have that night. So you have, you know, you kind of, you got to do it. Yeah. You know?
1: So assuming yeah. we can. And I bet that like. Assuming we isn't can.
2: That whole showcase thing. Shit, we're doing it again! Like we have this epic delay yeah. of the one yeah, and a half seconds where Sorry. the other person waits
1: and then we start. Go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right.
2: Go ahead, Bruce.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, assuming that everything starts to open up again and you guys get back on the road, is there a plan for a vocalist? Or are you taking Bjorn with you? Um,
0: we've had kind of internal little discussions in the band. Um. And I guess the dream scenario would be, um, you know, we're thinking maybe next summer, um, if there's an opportunity to maybe play some festivals over in Europe, um, you know, I just don't know exactly. I don't want to speak out of place and and say something wrong and somebody hears it and they're like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? So I don't want to get myself in trouble. But the dream scenario would be, you know, maybe soil work or night flight orchestra or both or something are on some festivals in Europe. Maybe we get on the same festivals. You know, I'd like to perform this album or the songs from this album with the, the singer that's on it, you know? Um, So, and as far as like just doing a regular, like us tour um, in the back of a van and stuff like that, I'm going to be 44 in a few weeks. I have two beautiful children downstairs and a lovely life downstairs. And I don't want to, um, you know, be away for a super long period of time with a bad back in a van, <laughs> you know, logging our stuff. So the festival thing would probably be the option, whether it's a U.S. festival, like an OzFest type thing, if they get back to, you know, something like that, or the European festivals, which we did uh, the Europe stuff in 05, is, 05 or 06 was that. I can't remember now, but that was a, that was awesome. That was a great experience. So that would be. Probably the uh, the two options that we'd be able to do, but a lot of things. The planets would have to be aligned and all that stuff for it to happen. So right. we'll, see.
1: we'll
2: see. I assume- well, if you make it to Finland, I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. You
1: I'll,
2: I'll show you a picture of my kid, and you'll show me pictures of yours, and you know we'll bond, and it'll be great.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's it's a great thing, man. It's and that's the thing too. Like when you know the first album came out, um, you know I was twenty seven years old. The rest of the guys are a couple of years younger than me. And that was the only thing at the time in our lives that mattered. You know, obviously it's 16 years later, um, you know, Mike, the other guitar player and the singer in the band, he has a beautiful kid and a fiance. So it's just it's just just weird when all of a sudden, you know, obviously we all think that this is our best, you know, best album, best thing we've ever released. We couldn't imagine putting out a better album. But it's just weird when it when it comes to like doing the day to day band stuff and you know the band is like you know third or fourth on the uh on the list of things that you know yeah so i know a lot of people don't want to hear that type of stuff but it's true you know i i speak openly and honestly about a lot of things and uh you know if you get phone calls and stuff about the band and the kids in the background (laughs) is you know so
1: also you don't want to take away from the kids soccer game or the kids volleyball game to be dealing with that because priorities are priorities right
0: yeah, and I grew up. My parents were always, you know, at my at every single game I played and and every gig when we played locally. My parents were always there, and I want I want to have I want to be there for my kids when they start playing sports right. and stuff too. So,
1: did you ever imagine 16 yeah. years later or whatever? It is? Am I yeah. dropping out or is it you?
0: Who's dropping out? Is it me? Uh, I don't know. What? Am it, I there? Is my connection bad or is
1: it somebody else's? Hello, you got me. Am I there?
2: Oh yeah, Bruce is no breaker
1: lately you can't hear me
2: we can now but i don't know there's been something up with zoom all day but you i don't know. know it's
1: been weird today um okay. i was gonna say you said you've been in that 16 years you ever imagined you'd still be doing this 16 years later and still um, be it?
0: that's a good question it's it's i didn't think anybody would give a shit really i was i mean i, I don't want to say i didn't think i knew there would be the the hardcore people that we always you know that post stuff and and, uh, send us messages and stuff like that, that were pissed off. Some of them were pissed off that it was taking this long. Um, But as far as, you know, there's the music on Sirius XM, Liquid Metal, the new single is actually coming out in a couple of weeks as well. Um, You know, and the reviews for this album, I think there's only been like one kind of negative review that any of them that I've read and I'm like, Holy crap, what, you know, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, And you know, I've said this before, but if the album came out any earlier than it did, it wouldn't be the album that it is. I mean, it really would. I know some people were pissed that it took so long, but Bjorn Strid is on it. <laughs> yeah, he beat down. You know?
2: Yeah, I had. Yeah, I had... go ahead. We, um, my band had like you. You took longer than my band. We took twelve years.
0: So you're like on the tool schedule. <laughs> You're on the tool schedule like 12 years you know
2: definitely definitely <laughs> but at least you guys played it until like towards the end of the pandemic so you have some sort of hope for doing these festival gigs and touring and so on we released in august
0: 2020 <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah 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 no it will but <laughs> that, that's the thing too. this. This kind of leveled the playing field for us a little bit. You know, obviously, there's nothing good that came that's coming out of what's happening. But as from a you know band standpoint of like not being relevant or even being out there for the past X amount of years, you know, everyone's at home right now. So we were kind of like, all right, we put out the album now. If everybody else is on the road and we're sitting home, we put an album out. No one's going to give a shit. So, you know, like I said, hopefully maybe next summer. We can do some stuff, but we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: You know, I'm yeah. itching to get to a show, as I'm sure everyone listening and out there is for sure. Yeah. Renee, you have That'd anything so- else?
2: Yeah, no, I just wanted to say I completely get what you mean with the whole it wouldn't be the album it is now if you had released eight years before now or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes things just take a little time for the puzzle pieces to click into place and so on. And it does sound freaking amazing. And like I said, I already have a favorite song and I'm going to dive into the entire, (laughs) you know, catalog of it, you know, as soon as possible. But just I wish you the best of luck and and hopefully we get to look at those pictures of our kids soon. Yeah,
1: that'd (laughs) be awesome. (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: I appreciate it.
1: Good luck with the record and hopefully we're not too far away from each other. We'll cross paths somewhere along the way. Wait, so where are you? I'm in Richmond. Oh, that's
0: right. You're Richmond, Virginia. So, you know, do you know the Lamb of God guys?
1: I do. I know uh, uh, Willie Adler lives a couple blocks away from me and his kids went to school with my kids.
0: No shit. That's cool. Yes. Because we did um, back in, it might have been 04, actually. Uh, the um, Slipknot had the Subliminal Versus tour. Mm-hmm. And we were on the first, I believe, two weeks of that tour. So, it was Shadows Fall. Well, we opened, obviously. A
1: DC band, right? They're all from here.
0: Yeah. So Shadows Fall, um, Lamb of God, and Slipknot. And uh, that, was, that was cool as shit. I mean, you know, the album literally had just come out and we were already playing like half stadiums. Right. You know, Obviously, like I said before, not for us, but it was cool to have that experience, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, that was, that was cool. But all those guys, they've always been cool as shit, the Lamb of God guys with us. and um,
1: Yeah, we got, yeah, the, I mean, I'm friends with Tony from Municipal Waste is right here. I see him okay. around a lot. You know, obviously the war guys. Richmond's got a pretty good metal scene.
0: Yeah, it does. you know the Byzantine guys from West Virginia? I don't. Okay. Cause I I did their last uh three albums and I'm actually just started working on the uh on the EP that's coming out. Oh, nice. I guess this summer it's coming out. Um so that's that's more or less what I've been doing. I've been doing like the production and mixing engineering thing. Right. Um for a while now as opposed to the uh playing thing. And the money's better than the playing thing, I'll tell you
1: that. And tell you that right. Now. <laughs> right. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Be well. Stay safe. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Cheers.
2: See you later. Bye.